What will you do to unlock innovation? In today's fast-paced world, innovation might not be enough. Tomorrow's pioneers of change will need to be agile, able to adapt, and committed like never before. Your host, Santa Vending, invites you to listen in and join business leaders from around the world as they share their visions for success in our future business challenges. Welcome to Mind Innovation. I'm your host, Sana Vinding. I'm always excited to learn. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about that innovation strategy doesn't need to be complex. We're going to talk about how to create a one-page innovation strategy. I want to welcome Bruno Pesetz. Uh, he's the president of Pesetz Global and helps business leaders increase returns on their investments in innovation. So welcome, Bruno. I'm, I'm excited to learn about this one-pager today. Well, Senna, first, thank you for having me here. And the second, I am excited to share, you know, my experience and insight. And I do hope that at least one person that listens to us today tries it out. That's always oh, yeah. my, my simple aspiration. Yeah, no, I, I like that. That's just, you know, if we can help one person, that that is just, that's the goal for today. Um, so let, but let's learn a little bit about you. So where does your, your passion for innovation come from? Well, um, I have to be honest that ever since I was a little kid, I was a curious and a noisy kid. <laughs> Not that was really the best <laughs> for me, but you know, I took that curiosity in my adult age, and I actually started my career as an engineer in yeah. defense industry. So I was working, you know, on battle tanks, weapon systems, freight trains, etc. Basically, figuring out how to make impossible possible. Now, when I was working on that, what I figured out is that innovation isn't just about technical stuff. It isn't just about the numbers or physics or chemi chemistry or things like that, but it's also about how we humans actually interact with each other, how we interact with, well, other solutions and technologists and et cetera. And that is where I really, really got curious, especially after I had the one big failed project that wasn't failure on technical side but rather on what I say, the human side. So we had a situation where a customer asked us to come up with the impossible, something that they believed just wasn't physically possible to create. And I was with a team of young engineers and we were pretty, you know, <laughs> up in the sky and yeah. we're like, no, we're gonna do it. We're gonna figure it out. And we pulled no breaks, you know, all the wildest calculations, being on the shop floor, making prototypes that are impossible to mass manufacture. And, yeah. and we made it. And the customer says, no, I will not buy it because I don't believe that's possible. And to me, that was a big, big, big learning point because yeah. I was like, hey, you know, innovation obviously isn't just about product development or R&D or things like that. It's also how we talk about value, not yeah. just how we create value, but how, how do we frame it? How do we use the words of other people, etc.? And that was kind of the starting point, the turning point more for me. And basically after that, it was just a roller coaster. I traveled the world, worked in different industries, worked on different products and projects, all whilst pursuing figuring out how can actually companies innovate repeatedly. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was all over the place, but... But that's, no, <laughs> but that's, but that, no, well. but that's, this is right, right? Because innovation is, is not a straight path. And that's the same, I think, with your career, right? Um, that it's not a straight path. It is going around and stepping stones and it takes you different ways. Um, and, and I think that's the same with, 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 innovate, or with strategy of innovation, right? You need leadership, you need the investment, you need a strategy, and you also need to be able to take a risk. 
Um, mm. So let's let's jump into the to this one pager. You know, what what are the elements mm. of, of an innovation strategy, and and what does it take? You know, to to execute it. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a great question, a bit loaded question, but a great question. <laughs> so I, I I want to 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 take it you know element by element. Okay. So, uh, both both innovation and strategy are two words that if you ask 10 people what do they mean you would get 20 answers yeah <laughs> and what, what at least in my opinion i i usually say it's it's not about being the most right person in the room but actually reaching alignment on the meaning of words so since we will be talking for half an hour about innovation strategy i just yeah. want to share with you and your audience what do i think innovation is as yeah. i say this isn't a test so i'm not trying to persuade anyone to take my definition but i want to share mine so that you know what am i actually talking yeah. about and when i say innovation i go with pretty high level definition it's something new that creates value something new has to be new for the customer and for the innovator, not necessarily to the world, because we are quite creative as a mankind. We have come up with a lot of ideas, and it's quite often that we repeat ourselves because, well, we are not so good at keeping knowledge that, that we have created, right? Yeah. And then other side, value. It's often that we talk about value that's created for the customer. And yes, that must be there. But for innovation, there also must be value for the innovator. Because if there's no value back for the innovator, how can they continue innovating? Yeah. If your company is not able to capture back some of the investment in shape of profits or other things, how can they keep innovating? How can they keep running the business? And I know this sounds so obvious, but when we look at the numbers and success rates of companies around the world, more money is wasted on innovation then it is created. Or in other words, there is more value destruction than yeah. value creation. And that saddens me. And that, that's, that's why, <laughs> back to your previous question, I'm so passionate about innovation and I'm so happy to be here to yeah. at least share this, this one pager about innovation strategy because it has one purpose that's most important and that is to align the organization, to allow it to focus its innovation efforts. Because it's quite often that Companies consider innovation just something fun, colorful, you know, get some creatives or get some consultants and let them come up with things. Yeah. But, but that, get, that gets you exact same result as it sounds. You yeah. are going to get some things, mostly bills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and strategy is, is another word that has so many meanings. Like people say strategy is this, strategy is that. I would almost say that it's easier to say what strategy is not. It's not a to-do list. Yeah. It's not an objective. It's not something else. It's not something fluffy. No. Like strategy is actually very tangible. And really, again, my take on strategy or the definition I like is, you know, strategy is an informed decision about how to win. Yeah. Is it the best? Probably not. Some professor might now point fingers and say, Bruno, ooh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, well, what, what are you doing? But, but in essence, it, it is a set of policies. How are we going to behave yeah. in order to accomplish something within that and that? So it's not just a to-do list. It's not just a wish list or something similar. It does provide something tangible. 
so then when I share with you now a little bit of framing, what's innovation, what's yeah. strategy for me, bam, slam them together into innovation strategy. Now I want to make, make clear, especially to those that are listening, not every company needs an innovation strategy. If you're a small company, if you're a startup, I would say, screw it. You need your business strategy because yeah. when you're a smaller organization, you usually have either one product line or one service line. You don't have a big collection of value streams that you need to focus. So your business strategy is your product strategy. Yeah. The companies that can benefit the most from innovation strategy, R&D strategy and other strategies are larger companies. So the moment you have more than one business unit, the moment you have more than one PL statement, that is when you can really derive value from having comprehensive innovation strategy and others, because they will provide horizontal alignment across the organization for your value creation activities. Oh my God, this sounded like, like consultant speak. I, I need to, to drop those words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, but, but back, 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 back to your question. So you asked me, what are the most important elements? Yeah, what are so the if, if, yeah, if, if you imagine one page, be it letter size, A4, or even a big whiteboard, and yeah. you imagine that you just draw two horizontal lines, so you end up with three bars. And then in the far left is what you would write in is, what, are our what is our innovation ambition? And what are our innovation targets? Then in the middle column, you would write, what's our avoidance policy? What are the things that we will not do? And then in the far right column, you would write investment policy. What are the things that we will put money, people, and resources to? And, yeah. you know, Senna, at any moment, you just stop me and, and, and drop a question or, or whatever, because I'll just keep going. Just keep going. Just no, keep... So, no, but I, so then I will stop you and say, what, what about the risk? Is, do you put that on it? Hmm. Or where will that live on, on this document? That, that's a very good question. So uh, that will be considered in, these are the things we will not do. Okay. Either because of the risk or because it's not aligned with overall business strategy, et cetera. And you know, risk is very important for the innovation. And that is something that innovation teams always need to address. Yeah. So I, I would especially put it uh, risk Innovation risk is managed through actually innovation management systems, not necessarily the strategy itself. Because the most important, if you, if you think about a strategy as a focus point, yeah. where it will be addressed is by defining the boundaries. That is what the strategy document should do. It should give every employee a clear idea. Oh, this is my playground. These are the boundaries to my playground. Yeah. This is where I can push and be creative. And this is where I cannot push the boundary, but I still have, have yeah. to be creative. So, so let me give you an example. Awesome, yeah. Uh, in, in, in these are the things we would not do. So I wouldn't just write it at a high level, but we can actually think at three different levels. One is, these are the opportunities we will not explore. So you would say, let's, let, let's imagine some company. Let's imagine a financial service company. Yeah. And let's say that, uh, that you say, uh, we are a company that's focused primarily on uh, B2B and in B2C, we only want to offer consumer loans. Yeah. Okay, good. 
And then you might decide that because you're a financial institution, you don't want to take customers of specific risk profile. So you could say, we will not explore opportunities for new products that cater to customers of such and such profile. Yeah. Simple. I just shared this example. It sounds so obvious, but I cannot tell you how many sessions I had where people just blankly stare and, well, I mean, why? Why would we put anything on a no list? Who knows? Maybe we'll miss out on a big opportunity. Yeah. Well, no, for one simple reason. If it's good, it will come back again. Yeah. Yeah. And then and you can open it up and find out where it should be, if it should still stay, right? In that out of scope, if, what I will call it. But yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because something might be out of scope, but if it keeps returning, then you can have a conversation. Yeah. Because that is, that is one thing that also differentiates innovation strategy from other strategy documents. It's much yeah. more livelier. Like You're not supposed to revise it every day, but you're also not supposed to revise it every three years. Yeah. You should revisit it for a larger company, usually around a quarter. Okay. And those aren't really big revisions. Those are mostly like, hey, if you think about innovation strategy as a filter for ideas that are good yeah. for our company, is the filter working? If yeah. not, let's talk again. If yes, well, see, see you in three months then. <laughs> yeah. So, so one level would be opportunities that we will not explore. But then let's say that, hey, this is an interesting opportunity. What is then the next no level? Well, the next no level is the type of business that you don't want to build. For example, if you're a financial institution and you decided, hey, any new business model, we don't want it to include physical chains. We don't want it to include retail and physical locations. Yeah. So you would put that on a no list. So you decided we want to be digital, prove yeah. it. Put yeah. on a no list things that will you know, prevent going in that direction. Yeah. And then the final one could be, we will not invest in technologies like so you see, we are building from opportunity to business model to technology, because you can also define the type of technologies you do not want to invest in. Yeah. And here you don't have to, to write specific name of technology, but you could, you asked about the risk. You could write here, we will not invest in technologies that haven't been uh, in use for at least three years. That is how you reduce risk. Yeah. Or we will not use technologies uh, that are provided from uh, startups, for example. Now I yeah. love startups, but it is a certain risk oh, yeah. to take an important piece of technology and use it in your own value chain. So yeah. th these are the things that, that you could put in a no list that helps to manage your risk, but also helps you focus your employees, focus their creativity, focus their work, focus their value creation efforts, and magic happens. <laughs> so, but, so I want to ask you something else then, because with innovation, mm -hmm. right, it's also exploring the unknown and, and then get ideas from there or find out what works, what doesn't work. So where does this fit in? Is that you have your innovation strategy first and then this opens up to say, okay, we still need to go in and, and research or find out this unknown and then you go back and revise it. Um, or do you have some sessions before where you actually go in and saying, let's, let's mm. discuss and some of this unknown before we can define an innovation strategy? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes, so unknown can still be focused, even when we go into the unknown. And that, that, is, that is actually a common 
well, I would say a common challenge in my experience with larger companies is they want the unknown, but they don't bound it off. So yeah. that way, will a financial company start producing ice creams? Probably not. No. But if, if we don't put some, some smaller boundaries, you know, people really might come up with a lot of different things. And yeah. that, that, is, that is why I usually separate these two things. Because as I said, I like to think about innovation strategy as a filter mm-hmm. and the playground defining thing. Because when you have that, then you can go, go into the unknown as much as you want. within our industry, within these specific parameters. And the thing is, um, I would like to connect it to to a great paper I read. I cannot remember exactly the name of the paper, but it was about uh, kids playing. Yeah. So they had two two groups of kids playing. To one group, they defined the the boundaries of the playground. They said, hey, this is where the playground ends. Uh, Please remain within the boundaries. And to the other group of kids, they said, there is no boundaries. World is your playground. And most fascinating thing happened. The kids that had defined boundaries actually explored the whole playground compared to the kids that had no boundaries. The kids that had no boundaries actually uh, explored much less of the playground because they felt safer to be closer to each other. Because there was no defined boundaries. They were actually afraid to to separate from the group. And and to me, that's just fascinating. And it really works quite well in innovation as well. Because if there's absolutely no boundaries, You're yes, all over you the might come up. Maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you might come up with, with some ideas that are yeah. good, but might not be good for your organization. And yeah. l- let me give you an example. So uh, one, one big company in Europe, uh, they were investing millions and hundreds of millions, actually, in innovation. Yeah. Many innovation teams working for years, etc. And one innovation team after several years, they built a business of 40 million euros annual recurring revenue. That's a great number for a startup. For that big company, it isn't even a blip on oh. their financial performance. Yeah. So, so that team did the good work. It's not like they did bad work. But in terms of success for that company, it wasn't relevant. And yeah. that's, that's, that's why we have innovation strategy, things like that, to focus, to, to focus our employees to actually create things that the organization can get value from, not just yeah. the customer. And that's also what it's so difficult to innovate. Innovation is one of those things that it doesn't matter how skilled you are, the outcome is still uncertain. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you got the best innovators in the room, they couldn't guarantee successful outcome. They would give their best and there's higher probability that something good would come out of it, but there's yeah. no guarantee. So you have that situation that you cannot influence too much. And then if you fail to provide actually boundaries for innovation in your organization and you fail to provide an innovation system, you have such low probability of succeeding that you're better off not even spending money on innovation. Yeah. And that, that sounds horrible. No, yeah, no. Um, what about, so using this one page as a communication tool, what have you, what are your experience there? Is, is it a lot of success or does it take, with any change, right? I think in any company, it always takes time. Um, but, but what is your experience as using it as a communication tool? So as a communication tool, it works really great. Uh, employees usually find it uh, quite illuminating 
not in a sense that, wow, this is completely new to them, because <laughs> if they've been working in the organization for some time, yeah. they, they should be relatively aligned. But where the penny starts to drop is, uh, remember how I introduced what is innovation and strategy to me. That often happens with strategic objectives in a company because someone says, oh, that's what it actually means. I thought it meant the other thing. Yeah. So that actually, the, this process actually forces you to put that because it's on a one page, you cannot write essays of seven pages explaining, <laughs> uh, we have decided to, to take a leading position in this market and delight our customers and blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah. you, you, just, you just have a bullet point and, and you just have like, this is what, what we believe in. The, you know, these are the things that we will allow you to do or invest in. These are the things that we want. And yeah. it, it's, it's so illuminating. The process to get to this one pager actually doesn't start with one page and putting in the answers, but by asking critical questions. Yeah. And I usually work through a list of uh, nine critical questions and I can share them here, but uh, we, we don't have enough time to, to cover <laughs> everything. But what I like to say is like, this one pager is culmination of your understanding. Yeah. It's not set in stone. So it's tested in the marketplace and with your employees as well. Your employees are the first line. So yeah. the strategy shouldn't be separate from your organization. So usually this strategy is created by a group of managers with a few employees, and then it's shared with, with the bigger part of the company. And they will be the first one to say, this doesn't make or make sense and yeah. give you feedback. So, so revise yeah, but you, you open up that dialogue, right? So then you can define it much better. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So the questions that, that I offer that are very helpful to actually define those three uh, groups are yeah. start with a very simple question of what is your business actually? And I know this sounds ridiculous, but again, I cannot tell you how many clients I work with that when I would ask them, what is your business? Yeah. And they would be, hmm. <laughs> and then they would start explaining. Yeah. And by the moment they finish explaining, they would change their story. Yeah. Because they, they, they had to hear themselves in order to correct. And a simple example here was a company uh, that was making uh, uh, heaters, yeah. like uh, for heating water. Yeah. And most, most of the people were saying, we're, we're, we're in the business of making heaters. Okay, how, how, does, how is value created? Well, uh, customer buys heaters, we install it into the house. La, ta, ta. And then one guy was, no, our business is about providing heating manuals to four men because nobody goes and buys our heaters because of themselves. Yeah. Everybody yeah. buys the heater because the, the handyman told them to buy our heater. You yeah. know, it, it's, it's just a, a small thing, but that is your first question. What yeah. is our business? Can we really put it down? Can we map it out yeah. when we can? Then start looking, okay, what parts of our business are under pressure? And I say under pressure because a lot of people like using burning platform, but most of the larger companies don't have a burning, burning platform. They're doing really well despite their crappy innovation practices. <laughs> so so, so, so you, you can't ask them, you know, what's your burning platform? Yeah, no. Instead, instead, take a look, you know, at the product lines that have decreasing margins, that have increased pressure from disruption, that have increased pressure from new market entrants, yeah. et cetera. And then, then start expanding. So we had a question, what's your business? What's under pressure? And now how is the world changing? 
And I like asking how is the world changing instead of ecosystem or regulators or etc. Because companies are more than just a business. You yeah. have human communities, social communities, ecological communities, regulations, lawmakers, governance, so many things. Yeah. So you have to be aware of how is the world around you changing. Yeah. And then moving to to like following up on these three questions is a simple one again. What might these changes bring? Now, this is, I, I love this formulation, what might it bring? Because it allows you to be creative even for people that feel they are not creative. Yeah. They don't even realize they're being creative while answering that question. Because this is all about fantasy, about thinking, about mm, uh, now is happening A, B, and C. That means that D could happen a few years from now. Yeah. And I love that moment because as I told you, people that feel that they're not creative at all, they start coming up with this yeah, it amazing stories. These ideas, ideas, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So who should exactly. set? Yeah, who should set and then formula or create this one pager? Who's who's the, who are the key people, and and is it uh, is that a process as well? Yeah. So it's always a process, as you know, Senna. <laughs> everything everything, everything is, a, is a process. <laughs> uh, what, what, what I would suggest here in ideal state is uh, something that I call vertical slice of the organization. Yeah. So let, let's say that, that you decide to focus on a specific business unit or business area. Yeah. So have few people from the top management, few people from the middle management, and few people from the frontline operations, etc. It, it actually shouldn't be like you're not looking at assembling 100 people. You're looking at assembling 12, 13 people with different takes on, on your business and the world around it. Yeah. Uh, what's important here, I, I want to stress uh, cognitive diversity. That is, that's really important. What I mean by that are people that think differently and mm -hmm. have different experiences. That's, yeah. that's really useful if you have a facilitator that will help you, you know, have respectful conversation. Yeah. Because... It's, it's very easy to end up with a dynamic where everybody just sits there and waits for the big boss uh, to, to finish their presentation and what they think. This is the yeah. future. This is the business in the future. Uh, please, please go, go and innovate, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so having a, a group like that is a good starting point. And then working, working through, through some questions. I will actually share with you um, a small guide I've written and then you can, whoever yeah. is listening, you can reach out to Senna and uh, she will be happy share to share it. Okay, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. that is, I really like this concept of a vertical slice because I yeah. think it's really important. That way you, you avoid this effect of the ivory tower. You know, yeah. people from the top just imagining with their crystal balls, this is the future, please execute on it. Yeah. No, no. Um, will you bring in? Because I, I just learned about the, the what you can say negative brainstorming. I've never heard that, but I just learned that a, a few weeks ago. I was like, "What is that?" I had to Google it. Um, so, is that something? You know, it, it's where you look at, you think about problems that you have, right, um, and and how it can be solved. Uh, but you don't come up with solutions. It's, it's you're you're bringing up the problems, what can go wrong, right? Uh, because then again, that can feed into being innovative. Um, have you seen that in, in, in this, you know, using the, for the one pager, or is this just me uh, coming in saying, Hey, I read this last week. <laughs> Can you use uh, it? 
I, I use something similar. I didn't know it's called negative brainstorming. So there yeah. is probably uh, another name for it. Um, yeah. I cannot remember. It was from one of the Japanese authors from the 70s or 80s. Yeah. Uh, he didn't call it a negative brainstorming, uh, but it, it was something like uh, negative what if, or, or not, not negative, but opposite what if, something like that. Yeah. So in the middle, you, you would put on the middle of the wall, uh, you would put some objective or something. And then you would write around it. Uh, why can't you make that? Yeah. What, what, what's preventing you from achieving that? And, yeah. <laughs> and then you actually end up with things like, if we can fix all of those things, then we can achieve the thing we have put in the middle. <laughs> so I, I think that's, that's very similar, right? It, yeah. It sounds yeah, it's very similar. similar. Yeah, it's very similar. But it, it's looking ahead to say, why, you know, what, what will go wrong if we're looking going forward? <laughs> exactly. Because you can then, it, yeah. it opens up, um, a dialogue that everybody can say, hey, no, I either you know, say, I don't believe it or this will go wrong, right? Instead of working on something for three weeks and then a person will say, no, that's not possible due to this. And it was like, we could have had that conversation up earlier and then we could have made a decision and, and, and either go in that direction or change the direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that, that is, I completely agree with that. And uh, what, what you just said, Sana, I want to draw all the listeners' attention is that is a very powerful technique for questioning any assumption. Yeah. And really, strategy is an assumption. It is an educated guess. Yeah. So you can take any strategy document, be it one page or whatever you're using in your organization, and start that same process. Why wouldn't this work? Yeah. And this isn't about being negative. And that's why it's important to have a really good and healthy culture in your organization. Like you need to be able to have, uh, I don't want to say destructive, or we could call it, you need to be able to have generative destructive conversations. Yeah. Meaning you should be able to critique things <laughs> without nice insulting each other. No. Each other. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, positive critical thinking. No. Uh, <laughs> no 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 um okay no that, that's good yeah no I, I haven't i haven't used i think i have used it but i haven't used the word saying negative brainstorming um and mm -hmm. using just the word negative is also giving you feelings right what is this is about mm -hmm. um but but i definitely want to use the word and and then get get the conversation going uh it's, it's something i i really want to try um, what about companies? Because I think if you look out and say, oh, this company is so innovative, right? Bringing up if it's a mm -hmm. service, if it's products, cool, you know, then you're like, oh, we should be like them. And you can mm -hmm. look at there as much as you, of course, can see into their learnings. But there's also companies that fails. Um, mm -hmm. And they have, I'm sure, great learnings, right? Because every week I, I fail with something and I learn from it. And then I just see if it's my process or I change my method or I do something else or I need to, to get some more knowledge. And then I improve. Um, so, so what have you seen uh, when you when you work with with clients? Uh, do you do you shine the example of saying this is the best of the class? You should do that, right? Or do you say, hey, look at these company that failed, and then you you teach or you 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 find out the learnings? What's what's the best approach? And I know maybe it's a balance, but I have to ask you. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm a little bit biased here. So I'm definitely more in the camp of let's study failures instead yeah. of great successes. And uh, one, of, one of the reasons is there is something called survivor bias. So when uh, aeroplane investigators were investigating aeroplane crashes and people that survive versus those that don't, they actually realized that it was, or what they learned was that it wasn't important how physically fit 
a passenger was. That had no correlation with surviving the plane crash. What had correlation was if they tried to get their luggage. Everybody who tried to get their luggage before they left the airplane, unfortunately, perished in the disaster. Yeah. So that is why you often hear that, that, that message. But the point was, they would never learn that if yeah. they were focusing only on those that survived. They started studying, yeah. okay, what did those that unfortunately didn't had in common? Yeah. And I take the same approach to, to businesses. Really, it's not important what Alphabet, Google, Amazon, Apple, what are they yeah. doing? Yeah, it's, it's cool. But yeah. what's most important is what do all the companies that went bankrupt or had to close their offices or whatever because of their innovation investments, what did they have in common? Yeah. And let's avoid that. Because yeah. as we said in the, in the beginning, it's imp- innovation is one of those things that have no guaranteed outcomes. The only thing you can control since you can't control the outcome is how much you invest and how you work with innovation. So these two things, every company can control. Therefore, let's not repeat silly mistakes from others. I did uh, distill some of the most expensive mistakes. Again, happy to share that, the the link and everything, but I'll I'll focus on a few that that really are silent killers in large organizations. One of them are people investing in thoughts instead of ideas. A thought is something you have when you're showering but it's not investable. When you're able to write it down and say, who is it for and what is it about, then you have an idea that you can you know, pitch or consider putting a team or something else. Because if you just have an unfinished thought and you share it with your employees, and yeah. then I spend two weeks trying to figure out what did you think, you just wasted 80 work hours for yeah. one person. And if you had a team of three, what, what was it? 240 hours, bam, to the wind. Out of the door, yeah. Because, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. And then continuing on that is actually, again, these are all pretty much large companies' problems, but it happens in SMEs as well, is you have an idea and you decide to invest in it. But it's an orphan idea. It's not associated with a specific team, with a specific group of people. Because ideas don't get executed out of thin air. It is people like you and me that actually bring ideas to life. And that is so important in innovation because innovation is much more personal. Yeah. If, if it's just you know having a to-do list of uh, wash the office, deliver the product, anyone can do that. Innovation can be done by anyone, but it is so painful because you have so much ups and downs and it's emotionally difficult and challenging and sometimes you just don't see a way forward. So it's very important that there is specific Bruno or Senna assigned to specific idea. Ideally, they are the people who propose the idea because they will they would like to suffer the most to see <laughs> come, come to life. And, and again, now, now when we're talking, this sounds so obvious, but I cannot tell you how many ideas I've seen where companies would invest 10, $100 million, euros, et cetera, and say, this is what we're going to do. And you ask, okay, Who's accountable for that idea? Yeah. Who, who is actually supposed to execute on that idea? Oh, it's in that domain. Yes, but is it Bruno? Is it Senna? Is yeah. it Joe? Who is, is it Paul? Who, yeah. who, who, who is working on this? Yeah. And, and another, another big silent killer is what I mentioned earlier with the example. A team that's working on a project that actually is profitable, but is not of a appropriate size for yeah. the organization. Yeah. So it's like uh, th- these three aren't the only ones, but they are, they're three 
that can easily be fixed. You hear about them yeah. and you fix them. You, you, you don't need to spend 10 years and the consultants and I don't know what not or send your people to the prestigious university to learn more about innovation. You hear about it and you're like, oh, yeah, we really shouldn't do this. And yeah. then you don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way. Okay. Um, what, what will you tell Bruno 10 years ago? Now that you are wiser and you have been through success and failures, um, looking back, what will you tell yourself? <laughs> oh, okay. What, what, I, what I would advise Bruno? Yeah. Uh, looking ten, like 10 years younger yeah. is, uh, I have to admit, and I've, I did share a bit about that in, in writing and so on, is uh, I had to work a lot on how I communicate with people. I told you I'm an engineer, that, that's where I came from. And, and to me, I say how it is, or I think I say how it is. So yeah. back in the day, you know, people would come with ideas and I would say, well, this is a really stupid idea. Like, wh wh <laughs> why, are you why are you wasting my time on this? Kill it. <laughs> I, I can, yeah, like, I, I can see this will not work. Like, you yeah. don't even need to, to, to finish presenting. I can see yeah. it won't work. And, and I might have been technically right, but I was not respectful and, I, I, my intention wasn't to harm. My intention was ju just to communicate what I know. And I, what I would advise to younger me is, you know, Bruno, it's not just how you see the world. Try to be in other people's shoes as well. Try to understand and be, always be respectful. Like when, when someone brings over their opinion or thought or an idea, you know, take it with care and yeah. give, give your honest feedback, but with care and with kindness. And that, that, is, that is the biggest advice I would have given to, to myself 10 years ago. It would, it would save a lot of grief. Yeah, that's a good one. No, yeah, you have to understand the world, right? That's a, that's a good one. So thank you so much yeah. for, for being on the podcast. Um, I'm excited, you know, just to see your passion about innovation and everything here. It just makes me excited as well. Um, I'll make sure, you know, to get the links from you. So I'll, I'll put that in, in the notes uh, for, for the podcast so we can share that. Uh, but thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. And uh, thank you again, Senna. If you enjoyed this podcast, maybe you'd like to hear more, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure also to check out our website, mindtheinnovation.com. And remember, stay curious and keep learning.